already probably clued you in where we're going today with our message. It's, uh, and it's all about time. Think about life. How about life as, as a series of, of seasons, I would say. I like the word season because seasons have changed. We don't like change. Not if you're like me, Norwegian. I like the, I like the weather. Seasons change and so forth. But um, seasons change in our family. Kids become teenagers, right? Then they become young adults. Change happens. But there's good changes. Change is not actually not all bad. But am I willing to change if it's God's will? That's the question. Am I willing to change and grow with him? And so uh, we are uh, talking about time here. So I had Jackie bring him. We wanted something with an alarm, okay? Well, this thing is supposed to go off about 5 to noon. We'll see if you can pick up on that. It's set about five minutes or a couple minutes before noon. So how many remember the old-fashioned alarm clocks? I mean the old-fashioned, when the ones you cranked up, yeah. They really rang. They were irritating. There was, I don't think there was a snooze on them, you know. And so you were so irritated by the thing that you just got out of bed, right? Or you shut it off and you slept on. How many have a snooze? Yep, yep. It's okay. It takes time to wake up, right? We have to get ourselves going. Every day that God gives to us is another gift for us to live. And how we live is what we want to focus on, how we live. So we all have time. But how I manage it is the question. How I make the most of it. So how many know that time is running out? I wish I had an hour sand glass. That would give you a, a real visual. Yeah, I had all these thoughts. I had, I had vision of grandfather's clock up here. You know, just a big old honking thing. You never see them around much because they're... If you ever move, what in the world did you have that for? You weren't, you, you know, you didn't pack that when you went to the West Coast. Back on the Oregon Trail, remember? You threw it overboard. It was a weight. I'm just having fun with you. There's a lot of things. We think about it. My dad would say this. I could, you know, he'd be busy in the farm. And none of you remember. Hey, Dad, my bicycle was, can you fix my bicycle? I didn't get time. But what he meant was he, he really didn't have time. Maybe he would take a few minutes, help me get the chain back on. What it was about, it was so many things, begging for his time. He raised me for a living back in the day, so I grew up on the fur farms and uh, learned how to do all that good stuff growing up. So time, if you could turn the clock back, some of you would maybe want to do that, but some of you would say, ah, nah. Maybe you would. What would you do differently? And so time helps us to learn. 
My dad would say this, time will tell. In other words, there are things that we will not understand until time's, time goes by. Time can be a, a healing. Sometimes it takes longer than other times. We need time. And sometimes we feel that we don't have enough time. How many are like that in the day? You don't have enough time in the day. What if there was one more week in the day in the week? Would it make a difference? I think you're getting the picture. In other words, we fill our time up with stuff. It's okay. But what is the most profitable, what is the most important thing or subject to do with your time? Look at the scripture. Ephesians chapter 5. Diving in here, this is a wonderful letter, the book of Ephesians written to the church of Ephesus. This is where you'll find some practicality in, in, in Christian living. You just spoke about uh, dealing with your relationship in chapter 4. He, he spoke about not letting, you know, not being angry, letting the sun go down in your anger, not letting the devil have an opportunity. It's not, it's not, sin is, anger is not a sin. I used to think it was. Anger is an emotion, but it's when we're angry, we are vulnerable. We're more easily to say something we ought not to. So what I'm saying, I think the scripture teaches us that we can deal with our anger in a, in a healthy way. And it needs to be vented. Let no unwholesome, that was all chapter 4, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only that which is good edification. Verse 32, I'm just kind of trying to get you up to speed here for the fifth chapter. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. That's a wonderful verse. Easier said than done sometimes. To forgive. And time goes by, As time goes by, as we grow in the Lord, forgiveness gets, should get easier. It should get easier. But sometimes we still have to work. Lord, help me. Maybe it's something different that you've ever experienced before. You never expected it. Sometimes out of nowhere. But the Lord has a way of helping us through things that we cannot do ourselves as we trust him. And see, it's all about when we get to chapter 5, it's verse 10. If I were to sum up as we go through this life as a believer, as a follower of Christ, it's this verse right here, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. That's a short verse. But there's a whole lot that goes with that. Trying to learn what is, what is it that pleases the Lord. What pleases God is when you choose him. Spend time with him. Give him your heart. Tell him how you feel. 
one of the best ways to spend our time is in quietness, listening, meditating, reading the verses, the scriptures, getting yourself in a position where I can have an ear to hear. Perhaps the Lord will speak to my heart today on a subject matter or on a situation or on a thing that I've been trying to figure out and he would give me maybe one word is all it all would be. And that would be enough to lift my eyes so I could see in a different angle. Sometimes it's not always, we're, sometimes we're too close to the situation. You ever had a project? You're lining up, you're lining up something and you needed someone else to give you an eye. I call it an evil eye. We joked around. You know, give it the old evil eye. What that means is give it your eyesight. Yeah. That sighting looked right. Is that, is that okay? I mean, you may look as straight looking from here, but sometimes we need to back up and have God perspective on life in order to, to understand this needs to be aligned a little better here. Now we're going to get to the text. Verse 15 of chapter 5 through verse 17, the short three verses. And they say, oh great, the, the pastor's preaching only three verses today. A lot of stuff can come out of three verses. We'll see how it goes. But the time is ticking. The timer's on. We'll see what happens. He says, therefore, be careful how you walk. Why did he say therefore? Whenever you have a therefore in scripture, you need to back up and what is he talking about? Because he said some things about how we ought to live. He reminded in chapter 5 that we were once in darkness. We were formerly, we were following the course of this world. We were following whatever we felt was good, we do it. But now... We've been transformed. The light of Jesus Christ has come into our lives. We'll be accepted and believed. Now he says, therefore, be careful how you walk. As, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I think we can get a pretty good understanding what the will of God is throughout Scripture itself, right? I think we would agree that most of God's will for our life is already written down throughout the pages of his Scriptures, such as love the Lord thy God with all your heart, love your neighbor as yourself. If we do those two commands, we'll do all of them. If I love my neighbor myself, I'm not going to go steal from him, right? I'm not going to kill my neighbor if I love him, etc., 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 Honor your father and your mother. It's all about our relationship. And we discussed just a bit in Sunday school class. We took off from Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath. We discussed just a bit about conflict. And every relationship, 
Every relationship has some to a degree. And how we handle it is the most important thing. And sometimes it means saying, I'm sorry. I, was, I wasn't thinking. I was wrong and I'm sorry. That's hard to admit in any relationship. Wisdom. The scripture speaks to wisdom in James chapter 1. Already you're thinking about, well, that's the, if you remember James 1, that's the book about trials, right? If you have trials, what do we say? When you have trials, when you have conflicts. In other words, you will have conflict in this life. The scripture says we will be persecuted for his namesake. Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble, but be, oh, look up, I have overcome the world. Because we live in a fallen world, we live in a fallen people, evil world. It says, as we read in the text, we live in days, the days are evil. They were evil then. The devil wants to destroy the church and God's word, but greater is he that is in you. When you choose to go God's route, you're choosing wisdom. Wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective. Someone said, it, said that to me once, and that made sense. Wisdom is having God's perspective, understanding on a particular situation or decision. And in order for me to have God's wisdom, it will cost me time with the Lord. But it's the greatest time that I ever spend on this side of heaven. Amen. This side of heaven, we must have time. If I'm going to help people know God, I must know God. I must show the way. And you know what? It never ceases to amaze me. The more time I give to God, the more he helps me get done. Otherwise, it would be just the opposite. And we give him time. You know Ecclesiastes 3, at least in part. I think he began to just mention some of the things that the writer Solomon, the wisest man on earth, that God gave to him as he asked for wisdom. Had many, many thousands of proverbs. And he says that a time to give birth, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build up. Time to weep, a time to laugh, time to mourn, a time to dance, throw stones, gather stones, search. Uh, it's time to search, a time to give up is lost. Time to keep and a time to throw, and I like to underline a time to throw. It's time to throw, you get it, you, when you get to be my age, you know. Right. I hear this all the time, we're downsizing. In other words, there's things that we don't need anymore. Why are we hanging on to them? 
but liken it to our spiritual life. Why am I hanging on if I'm hanging on to any kind of bitterness? Why am I hanging on to it? Thank you, Linda. That's, that's good news. That there's a mend in relationship with father and son. That sets free. Life is too short. And that Jesus comes and speaks into people's lives. He helped the disciples understand what's the greatest thing they can do. What's the greatest thing they can do in this kingdom? And that is to go out and tell people about Jesus. That is to go out and witness of the Savior. They weren't getting it over and over again. They kept dropping the ball before they really understood it. They really didn't understand it until Jesus came back and showed himself. And he breathed into them the Spirit. And then they had the Acts chapter 2 experience and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then their eyes were even more open and they went out and spoke the word of God with boldness. They were bold as lions, able to stand up to, the, to the, some of the most scholars and begin to preach Christ unashamedly, even if it cost their lives, which it did. That's the gospel. That's the God in whom we love. That's the God in whom we talk about. That's the God who not only has time in his hands, he sees the beginning to the end, but he intervenes in our time. And the time in Galatians says, when the time was right, he was born. Think about time. When you think about time and God's timeline, there's no beginning. There's you know, there's, he knows the beginning to the end. But he says, as a thousand years, as one day, as a day, as a thousand years. Eternity is a long time that we're going to get to spend with him when we accept Christ. I don't want to miss that. It's all about our time. What's the most important priority that I love God, that I spend time with him? I remember it, some of the first early days. Accepting Christ as a young boy, of course, that was, that was great. That was, that was awesome. But there came a time in my life when I got into my latter teens that God began to, I, what I would say, call me to him. It was almost like there was a second Time around, a willingness to become, I would describe it as, is he my Lord? Is he my Lord? And now we're dealing with, what am I going to do with my life? How am I going to use my time? And so the scripture we read, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, but this, this, whole, this whole period of time in my, in my teens was, I, I was struggling to have attention in, in, in school. I, I, didn't, I wasn't a good student. I didn't like to read. I, I had a bad model. If I didn't get it done in school, I didn't take it home. Don't do, don't do that. Now, don't say the pastor said that's okay. That's not right. If that was me, I was, 
I just said, well, you know, I mean, I'll get it done in, stu in study hall. I'm not taking it home. That was a, yeah, I was that way. And so reading was never my thing. <coughs> but God's word become, started to become something I, I, I needed more of. And so I remember I had this Bible, a King James Version. And my mom had given it to me on, I think, one of my birthdays. So I started reading that. But then, Tad, which is former uh, brother-in-law and was my youth pastor, gave me an NAS. And I began to understand that word better and the helps of the study helps. And so I was able to begin to read more at a longer period of time. And I'd go upstairs and I'd read five, ten minutes and I'd feel my mind wandering. And then I'd try it again the next day and I'd go a little longer. And those times of quietness, God began to make the word come alive. I wanted more. The more I learned, the more I wanted. The more you pray, by the way, the more you want to pray. The word of God you cannot exhaust. You can read it over and reread it over and over again because it's living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing into the soul and marrow. You know that scripture, Hebrews 4, 12. We understand that his word is alive and that it is not going to be dull if God the Holy Spirit is helping you with the understanding. One of the best ways for me, it helps to put on maybe some music, some background, and get my attention. In those days, I used to take the guitar and I would be in my bedroom upstairs and I would just kind of bury myself lean into the guitar and worship and make stuff up or stuff that I knew. And I believe God was in those days that he was trying to bring me to a place where I not only knew about him, but that I knew him, know him. Friends, you'll never get to know anybody except by spending time and that goes across into our family and our relationships. And so this is what it comes down to. We only have so much time. And so what am I going to prioritize? What is number one? It ought to be to love the Lord God with all my heart, all my soul, my strength. Love your neighbors yourself. And I believe that includes your family, your, your own family, your husband, your wife, your, your children, extended family. I believe it carries on into your church family and then into the community, into the workplace. You only have so much time and time is really about everything. Sometimes we end up working, working, and working because we're running out of money to pay the bills. But then we find when we're working and working, we don't have the time we really need to place before, into the Lord and spending time with him. I, I know I've struggled with that. And it comes back to sometimes we have to do the best with what 
that get given to us. Never underestimate your time driving down the road to the workplace or wherever it may be. Whatever works for you, use it. Use it to praise him. Use it to speak or open your heart to him. You can use that to your advantage. Maybe you're sitting there waiting for a plane. Oh, my goodness. It's 10-2 and that thing's going off. Are you sure you set this right? This is really annoying, isn't it? That's just a bugger. I shut it off. Okay, don't look at that. It's 10, we got 10 minutes. Time. Why, why does, let me ask you this. If you're like me, why do you get all these thoughts when you're trying to pray? I'm on. You get bombarded with what you, oh, I got to take care of this. You know what one pastor said? Thank you, Satan, for reminding me of that. I'm going to write it down so I don't forget it. And went back to prayer. I don't know. You know what? Satan wants to steal your time. Because he knows your strength. That's where your strength is. That's where you get up. That's where you become effective. You may not even realize it, but you may be glowing because of the Lord shining through your heart when you go to the workplace and someone would say, what's your secret? Why are you so happy today? I used to go to this holiday on occasion. Get the coffee thing, you know, maybe a donut. I don't do that as much anymore. But the cashier one day said something like this. What's the good word? Does you know what you're saying? I don't think he knew I was the pastor then. Anyway, ah, I felt like that's an open door. What's the good word? I don't know what I said. But there's a whole lot of things we could go with that. There are people that are wondering, why are you the way you are? What do you have? It's almost like there's a fire burning within you. And you're keeping the coals on the fire. You're keeping it with wood. Proverbs says, for the lack of wood. I love Proverbs. Proverbs just says one-liners. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. Well, that's no-brainer, but it's, it's true. Someone was pastoring who said, well, you know, if it wasn't for all these people, pastoring wouldn't be all bad. Whoa. There's a pastor that's probably on burnout stage. You know, the proverb says something, the fact that where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. So we make a mess in the, mess in the fellowship area today, it's okay. You're there. That's what's most important. We're going to spend time together as family, if you can do that today. So, there was a man in the scriptures. I believe it was throughout the scripture, Isaiah. 
and that he begged for more time in his life. And God gave him 10 more years. I don't want to get to my end when my time comes and say, Lord, I wish, I wish, I wish, I would have, I wish. I didn't have the time. There's no excuse. It's what we do with our time. It's really what it comes down to. How do I make most of my time? By including the Lord. Taking God with us. Following his lead. Going through the doors he opens. Or not going through the doors he closes. Don't try to go through a door. If God shuts a door, don't try to open it. Sometimes it's hard to know the difference. Sometimes we're stubborn if you're like me. Yeah, we're going to bore through it. And we end up paying. Or we run the thing till the wheels fall off. You know, we run ourselves to the ground. All in this, all this time thing, all, I come up with one word, balance. Help me to balance. There's only so much time in a day. We've all been given the same amount of time in a day. Whether or not we get to live as long, it, that, that really doesn't matter. It's how we live when we live. It's how you use it. It's your attitude. It's everything that's within us. Instead of saying, I have to, I need to say, I get to. Instead of saying that, uh, I don't feel like it. There may be days when you don't feel like it. There may be a sign that you need more time, you need more margins. Margins. Now I'm really preaching to myself. Now I'm really stepping on my toes. Margins. What do I mean by that? Time out. Pull yourself in and soak in the crock pot for a while in Jesus. Absorb. Take him with you. You could be busy. I know we're busy. We all have busy. We can't, if we took another day, we'd fill it up. We're busy. And like part of us, we like being busy. We don't like to sit and be bored. But busy, just to be busy, is not wise. But when we take the Lord and we have the Lord's leading, when we have his Lord's placing us, the Lord's strategy, the Lord is giving you the game plan, which leads you to the last verse, understand what the will of the Lord is. We often... Struggle, if you're like me, what is God's plan? What's God's will? You know what I found? If I don't have the peace, probably not God's will. If I don't have his peace, now I know that God can stretch us and we can be a, well, I don't know, Lord. That's pretty scary. That's out of my comfort zone. You mean talk to that, them? Oh, oh boy. You see, for me, stuff like that gets me boiling, I guess. I'm in anxiety. 
because I know I need the Lord. So, understand what the will of the Lord is. I found some scripture, happens to be Proverbs 16, that I've looked at over and over and over again through my, throughout my walk from time to time. I've, I've, I know that young people get asked this question all the time. What are you going to do with your life? As if to say, you're not doing anything yet. Say, well, I'm going to school right now. After that, I'm not sure. It's okay. Absolutely okay. I don't want to know, in fact, every detail. I, I wouldn't want to know what the Lord has me. I don't want to take it one day at a time. But then you know, he put, puts something in your heart. Do you know that God puts interest in your heart? Do you guys have hobbies at all? You like to travel, you like to do things, put things together, whatever you're good at. God's wired you that way. Now here's Proverbs 16. This helps me with determining what's God's will day by day. He says, the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the Lord is, is but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. In other words, God allows us and lets us plan and have interest and have dreams. Now, get, now stay with me. But the answer is, in other words, he says, yes, he says yes or no. Or he says wait, not yet. All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight. See, here's, here's, what the, here's the part we need to screen. The Lord weighs the motives. In other words, I need to ask myself, why do I want to do what I do? Will it bring glory to the Lord, number one? Will it please the Lord? Will it help me in my walk with him? Will it, will it help me in my family? Will it help provide? See, all these questions come. Now I, I'm maybe still not sure. Here's the clincher, verse 3. Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established the Lord has made everything for its own purpose. In other words, I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to step out by faith. If it is not your will, stop it. Stop me somehow. Does that make sense? Commit. Do you know that God's big enough to help us even when we make mistakes? I believe in all, with all my... I think there's this learning... By falling, in order to walk, we have to fall a few times. Growing up, a toddler, they have to take a few spills. They have to learn what pain is. You see, commit your works. Here's what it comes down to. Lord, you're in control of my life, and I want to give to you the reins of my life. You have the steering wheel. Help me to understand the daily things. Help me not to miss opportunities. And that will, that will unbelievably free us up to fly, fly, and be who you are. I'm going to end it there. Time. We all have been given it. Let's be good stewards by the grace of God. Let's be able to make the most every opportunity. Let's have wisdom. Let's stand and we'll pray in conclusion. Lord, we are people who are, are human 
but we are trusting with the help of the Holy Spirit to hear what your voice is saying. Revelation says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Lord, I commit. I commit my heart to you. And I invite people here today to do that, to commit your heart to the Lord. And then we follow that with committing our ways, our paths, the leading of the Lord, the will of God. Help us to learn, as Ephesians says, what is pleasing to you. Lord, bless our fellowship time. Those who can stay, those who can't, bless them as well. We want this whole afternoon to be a blessing of hearing from you, seeing each other's hearts, being unified in Jesus' name. Amen.